Wow. What a great week of Vacation Bible School it is for God's glory. Let's give these kids a round of applause again. Great job so far. So I'm going to need your help a little bit. They will be able to lead the way. But each day of Vacation Bible School, we had a theme point with a, paired with a Bible verse. And when you hear the theme point, you will yell out, trust Jesus. So I need uh, Benjamin uh, and uh, Baylor Wittick to come right now. Um, here we go. You guys are going to share with us something you like from the first day and then a Bible point and the memory verse. Uh, so Benjamin, if you would start out, what... Um, which part are you doing? Uh, the point. Okay, the Bible point. So here's where we got to get ready. We're going to say the Bible point. He's going to let us know. And then every one of us are going to say, trust Jesus. You ready? You get it to us? Here we go. Jesus' power helps us do hard things. Trust Jesus! Benjamin, what was your favorite part about Vacation Bible School? Um, probably the games. Awesome. <laughs> Bob and his crew did a great job with games. If you were a part of games, uh, raise your hand. We really appreciate you. Good job. And, and Baylor, uh, do you not have the memory verse then for today? What was the memory verse? For I can do everything through Christ that gives me strength. Great job, Baylor. Great job. Now, what was your favorite part of day one? Go ahead and speak into the mic. The games. Games. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Hey, on day one, it was pretty intense. It really was right from the beginning. Uh, we're going to do this one more time for day one. Jesus' power helps us through hard things. Yes! You might be thinking, that's a fairly heavy thing to be dealing with, uh, VBS. You know, they're coming, we're excited for day one, and then we're like, guys... Sometimes life is hard. All these boys and girls already know sometimes life can be hard. And you know, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, brothers and sisters in Christ, things can be very difficult at times, but God helps us through hard things. I want to just celebrate before we forget, there were 154 uh, kids at VBS this week with over 80 helpers. Let's give God glory for that. It's not easy, but it's well worth it. Uh, VBS can be hard at times when we're trying to figure it out, especially during times like this. I want to thank all the leaders and the staff. You guys went the extra mile this week to make sure these kids were uh, having a great week. But things are hard at times. Uh, boys and girls, remember that first day we talked about things being hard? God sometimes will ask us to do hard things. He asked Noah to build the ark. It took years to build the ark, and people made fun of him. Hard. God asked Abraham to take his son, his only son, up a mountain to sacrifice him. And he was prepared to do that. I can't imagine how hard that would be to give up one of my boys. And he only had one at the time. And then today, on uh, Monday, we learned about Ananias. God asked Ananias to go see somebody. Does anybody remember on day one, God told Ananias to go visit who? Remember? Saul. 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 The bad thing about Saul, he was hard. He was a hard man. He made a life out of making Christians' life miserable. He was hard on them. He would arrest them. He even had Stephen stoned. So here's the problem. God says, Ananias, go see Saul because he's going to be a part of my family. I've chosen him. And Ananias says, no, I do not want to have any part of this guy named Saul because he's here to arrest my friends. 
And here's the, here's the weird thing. God did not say, Ananias, it's going to be okay. He didn't say, Ananias, uh, don't worry about it. He said, go and do what I told you. And I think we all need to know that, boys and girls, moms and dads, any adults, when God tells you to do something, there's t- sometimes we just need to go, even when it's hard. Here's an amazing thing, though. When Ananias got there, God told him to lay his hands on Saul. And he said, Saul, you're my brother. You're part of the family. God has chosen you to do amazing things. Saul regained his eyesight, and his name was changed to Paul, and he began to preach. Here's what's tough. This world is is difficult. It's hard. Jesus said in Scripture, he goes, in this world you will have trouble. Boys and girls, look at me right now. Moms and dads. This world you will have hard times. But Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Here's the good news. Jesus isn't trying to overcome the world. Jesus isn't trying to make things right. He has made things right because he's overcome death. So we can, we can trust him. Let's try this again one more time. Jesus' power helps us through hard times. So no matter what you're going through, you can trust him. Think about right now, what hard time are you going through? As I look across the audience and even some of these boys and girls, there are hard things going on in our lives, but we can trust him. Here's my biggest problem whenever I go through hard times. Guess who, guess who I think will try to get through it all? I think I can do it by myself, and we've got to trust him. Whenever I'm going through a hard time and I try to do it by myself, all by myself, I just make it worse, and we've got to trust him, okay? So let's think about this right now. Something that's hard, let's trust him and give it to him, okay? Um, Let me pray for you guys before you go off the stage. Father in heaven, help us to get through these hard times. We trust you, Lord. Help us to go and do what you've asked us and know that you have the power to pull us through. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome job, boys and girls. I need help from Camden, Sebastian. The rest of you boys and girls, you're going to go and sit over here in the West Wing, but I need help from Camden right now. Awesome. Hey, we're going to talk about day two once these guys get cleaned out a little bit, but day two was a great day. Day two, I'll just give you a little hint, was a day that's very dear to us at at FCC because it really talks about our whole vision for the whole church where you see around the community and in the words right behind me in the baptistry. Uh, Camden, did you have a, a great day on Tuesday? Yeah. Why don't you tell us first about what your favorite part of Tuesday was? You can hold that. Crafts. Crafts. Let's give it up for crafts. If you help with crafts, some of you, I know in the front row, if you help with crafts, raise your hand. We so much appreciate you. Some of you over there. What craft did you make Tuesday? We're kind of just buying some time until the kids get off the stage. Uh, what, what craft did you make on Tuesday? Do you remember? Okay. That's, I saw a craft where you made chimes one day. That was really cool. Uh, parents, I hope you appreciate. We try to send home some noisemakers every year. Okay. But that was great. Camden, would you go ahead and tell us, and I need the the students and the parents, this is the Bible point, when he's done, we're going to say our special phrase for the day, trust Jesus. What was our Bible point for Tuesday? Jesus' power gives us hope. Trust Jesus! And you're going to do the Bible verse also, aren't you? Do you remember the Bible verse? You want to share it with us? I have my Awesome, yeah. I'll hold the mic for you. So be strong and courageous, all you who put 
your hope in the Lord. Psalm 31:24. Great job. Great job. You can go ahead and have a seat over there, okay? So on Tuesday, we learned that Jesus' power gives us hope. And uh, what happened was Saul went from a man who persecuted Christians to all he wanted to talk about with his name Paul was to talk about Jesus. And some guys got very disappointed in that. They were very nervous because uh, Christianity was growing. People were trusting Jesus, trusting Jesus. And there were some leaders that threw Paul in prison. And he faced trials there. They threatened to kill him. Uh, they would move him in the middle of the night from one prison next so the Christians wouldn't know where he was. And then finally, he says, I'm a Roman citizen. I need to, to be able to stand trial before Caesar. So they put him on a boat to, to go to Rome. This boat had 276 people on it. This was a huge boat uh, during this time. And they encountered uh, some very rough conditions. In fact, there were three days where the sailors on the boat thought they were surely going to die. They lost hope. The Bible says they were hopeless. They, they thought they would all uh, drown at sea. And then Paul, at a very dark time when they were all hopeless, receives a vision from an angel. And the message from God was that no one on the ship would lose their life. But the ship would be completely destroyed. And, and these guys are like, we need to know that. But we've never seen where a ship is completely destroyed and no one loses their life. And he says, but you can trust God. There are times when God is the only way we can find hope. If you've been looking around our nation, parents, and anyone here, boys and girls, there's a lot of things where it looks like the ship is sinking. The world we live in is chaos. There's storms all around. I want you to know, if you put your trust in Jesus, you will not be disappointed uh, the, the word of God says in Isaiah 49, those who hope in me, the Lord says, will not be disappointed. You can put your hope in a lot of things, like the St. Louis Cardinals. Likely, you'll be disappointed this year, okay? I'm a Cardinals fan. But each year, uh, whoever you cheer for as a, a fan, only one team is the champion, there was a lot of disappointment this past week when Milwaukee won and the Suns lost. You can put your hope in a lot of things. You can put your hope in, your con in the economy, your job. You might even put your hope in your spouse, and you might be disappointed. But when you put your hope in the Lord and you do that together, there will be no disappointment. In this storm, Paul comes before them and says, Take courage. None of you will lose your life, even though the ship will go down. And the ship went down. Roman law was if you were a, a, a prison guard and your prisoner escaped, you would have to go to prison or even be put to death. So the, the, the guys on the boat who were in charge of the prisoners, they started making a plan. Hey, if this boat starts to go down, we need to kill all the prisoners so we won't have to be put in prison. However, God's vision was that no one would lose their life. So God talked to like the lead warden or the lead guard and says, no one is going to be put to death. And that's exactly what happened. But in the moment they were overwhelmed, here's where I want to apply today. Paul gave them some advice. It's simple, but we need, to, we need to put this into practice. When you feel hopeless, here's some things we should do. Paul tells them at that moment they're at sea and they thought they were going to die. He tells them this. He says, take courage. Keep your courage. You may need to put this on your mirror or in your device or just say this to yourself every day through God's word. Take courage. Take courage. Because the world is telling us we need to be, a, be a full of fear and, and afraid. 
Boys and girls of EBS, uh, at the moment where you feel like you cannot handle something, you need to take courage. God is with you. And that's true of everyone in the room. Secondly, thing Paul tells him is to keep living life. He says, guys, keep living life. Specifically, keep eating food. This seems so simple. But these sailors were so afraid, they quit for three days even eating. They were so distracted by the world, they quit living. Here's a little bit of advice. Our world can be so distracting, we can get so consumed, we quit living life. So my advice for you today is if you're worried, if you're overwhelmed, don't quit living life. Keep eating. Keep taking showers. Keep keep doing normal things. And then finally, here's probably the most important thing. Give thanks openly. He tells them in 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 the midst of the storm, give thanks to God. Guys, it's obvious in this room right now, you're probably here today, and there's much reason to be thankful for what you've seen right up here, the children. Many of you have great reason to be thankful for your extended family. You can be thankful for so much God has given us, and we need to give thanks openly. That's one of the reasons this church is committed to having days like this. We have so much to be thankful for, amen? So we need to give thanks openly because we can trust Jesus. He gives us power uh, through his power, we can have hope. Let's, you guys, are, I'm losing him already over here. Here. Jesus gives us power. Through his power, we have hope. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Um, right now, this is Lexi Cornelius, and she's going to tell us our Bible point from day three. Kids, be ready. Jesus' power helps us be bold. Trust Jesus. And what was your favorite part of uh, Wednesday or day three or all week? Bible adventure. Awesome. Bible adventure. The Bible adventure is when they learn the Bible story and they got really dove into God's word. If you were a Bible teacher, we had uh, different ones throughout the week with preschool and then, um, and then our elementary. If you were a Bible teacher, raise your hand. We so much appreciate you. Uh, they're throughout the room. Praise God for them. So now if you'll share us our our Bible memory verse for that day. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless, Isaiah 40, 29. Great job. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Good job. We couldn't have done that better if we tried, could we? Jesus' power, he does give us the ability to be bold. I just want to say thank you for these kids that are bold. This is not easy uh, to get up here and, and share not only what they enjoyed, but the truth is in their heart. On day three, we learned about that Peter and John healed a man. He had been lame for years. He, he wasn't able to walk. I don't know if boys and girls, you remember this. And then all of a sudden, he was healed in the name of Jesus. And he went out to whoever would listen and say, Jesus healed me. Jesus has healed me. And, and the people are like, man, we know this guy couldn't walk for his whole life. And now he's jumping and running. And Peter and John take advantage of this. They seize the opportunity and they say, the power that healed this man has the power to give us life forever. And people were excited. The Bible tells us that 2,000 men not even including women and children that day, when Peter and John preached about Jesus, were saved. 2,000. They had everybody's attention, but then these guys called the Sadducees got upset because they were losing their power. Boys and girls, do any of you remember why the Sadducees were always sad? What, What didn't they believe in? Does anybody remember from the Bible story? 
Yes, right over here. Okay, Jesus, that's always a great answer. They didn't believe that Jesus could do something. They were always sad. They were Sadducees. What didn't they believe in? Yeah, they, didn't, they, they believed in some false gods. Um, I have trouble seeing exactly who's over there. Kendra. Okay, they, they believed in God. But what the Sadducees didn't believe in, they didn't believe that you could be raised to a life. They didn't believe in the resurrection. That's true of people today. They think, well, when we die, we're just dead forever. But Jesus says, when, when you die in him, you can be raised forever. And the Sadducees were sad because they, they believed when you died, it was over. So they didn't really have much to be thankful for. And then Peter and John were talking about the resurrection. They were saying, if, if you die, you can live through Jesus. So they arrested him. But then these 2,000 men started kind of like rioting and they were like, we want Peter and John out. So they were like, we have pressure to release them. So they released Peter and John and they said, whatever you do, you can talk about anything, but don't talk about Jesus. And Peter and John says, hey, uh, who should we obey? You or God? We will not stop talking about Jesus. And they were bold. They threatened them. Hey, we'll arrest you. We'll even put you to death like we did Jesus. Just don't talk about Jesus. And they ignored the leaders. And more people came to trust Jesus. Then, when they were released from prison, they went to this gathering with other Christians, and they had like a prayer service. And we know they prayed about just one thing. The thing that we may assume they prayed about was that they wouldn't be arrested. Father, you know, they could have prayed, God, don't let us be arrested again. God, uh, make sure my family has food if I get arrested again. Basically, they could have prayed, God, keep us safe. But if you were here last week, uh, this was one of our key points last week. They prayed, God, let us be completely bold for Jesus. That was their prayer. They didn't pray uh, for safety. They didn't pray for food. They didn't pray that they could get to go to grandma's house after church. They prayed... Father, make me completely bold for Jesus. And the world was changed. On the first day of VBS this week, I think I shocked the adults. There was like 70 of us in the room. The kids weren't in there yet, really. And we had a prayer. And usually the prayer is, hey, make sure we don't lose any kids. Keep them safe. We have, uh, make sure everybody gets along. And you know what I prayed for and asked him to pray for? That we and the kids would have courage to be bold for Jesus. And then I prayed for safety that we didn't lose any kids and... But here's the reality. It will change your family. It'll change the church. It'll change the world. It has the potential to save someone from hell into heaven if we pray to be bold for Jesus. So let me ask you, who are you praying that you would be bold with? If you're here last week, I said, don't just pray for safety. I'm not, opponent to, I'm not opposed to safety, but we need to pray to be bold. But So who are you praying that you would share the, the good news with? You might be thinking, well, I don't know what I would say. Tyson, I'm only six. How can I talk about Jesus? Well, let me tell you, it happened this week. There's an amazing six-year-old girl, I believe, even here today. I haven't seen her here today, so she may or not. But she was here at VBS this week. She learned about, uh, VB, uh, she learned about Jesus and her Bible teaching. And in all honesty, I think because of COVID and other reasons, she hadn't been to church for a while. And, and if, if you're six now... And really, this COVID thing has set you back like almost two years. You know, really, a, a three or four-year-old may have never really been able to comprehend who Jesus is in the last two years. So, so some of these kids are coming out of a, a very much a, a time of not moving spiritually. And this week she heard about Jesus and she went home and, and her mom just could tell she 
was crying. I mean, she was just kind of overwhelmed emotionally. She was crying, and, and mom thought at first, well, she's just tired. It's day three of EBS. She's kind of worn out. Any of you ever seen a five- or six-year-old who's just tired and they cry? That's what she was thinking. Oh, these kids are like, that's me, okay? They're, they're raising their hand. You guys have seen those people. Happens to moms and dads too, doesn't it? Yeah. We get exhausted. Ah. So this girl was just very emotional, and mom thought she was just overwhelmed and tired. And she said, oh, you must be tired. And the little six-year-old girl says, I'm not tired. I just wish I would have seen Jesus before he had to die for me. I just wish I would get to know Jesus. And she started crying, and then mom started crying. And it touched me when I heard that story, and I hope it's touching you, because this six-year-old girl was willing to speak up and say, I want to know Jesus. I've not got to know him. He died for me. I want to know him. And in her boldness of being real with mom, it affected me, and I pray it's affecting you. Shame on us if we don't invest in these kids to know Jesus. That we don't aren't bold enough to share with our friends. So let me ask you again, who are you going to be bold enough to share Jesus with? It may be your five or six-year-old son or daughter, or it may be a niece or nephew or your neighbor. You might be like, what if I don't know what to say? Guys, here's what Jesus said. You didn't hear this this week. This is new content for you. Jesus says, don't worry about what you'll say or how you'll say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say, and it will not be you speaking by yourself, but the Spirit of the Father speaking through you. That one who lives inside of you will speak what you need to say if you're trusting him. Help me out with the Bible point here. Jesus' power helps us be bold. That's what I was afraid of. Great job, kids. Us adults, I didn't ask you not to do that. It's time for you to be bold as well. So let's do this together. Let's be ready to speak for him. Kids, lead the way again. But I want everybody in the room to declare this. Jesus' power helps us be bold. When a church comes together with everyone speaking boldly, amazing things happen. Day four was another amazing day. I need Judah Matthews right now. Here he is. They've got him ready. Thanks, Judah. Would you go ahead and tell us what your favorite part of VBS was? Um, my favorite part was the snacks. Snacks. <laughs> Do you remember what you had on Thursday for snacks? Mm. It had something to do with the cross, because we talked um, about the cross. It was uh, and like a froze, frosted Pop-Tart with a... Vanilla on top of it and Twizzlers. Yeah, Twizzlers made a cross. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what was um, the Bible point for Thursday? And everybody be ready to, to scream out our response. Jesus' power lets us live forever. Trust Jesus. Great job. Great job. And the memory verse. You've got it all down. You ready to do the memory verse? The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Awesome job. Good job, Judah. Nice job. On Wednesday night, Thursday, it, we, uh, I'm aware of, and it's almost always the day where we talk the fact that Jesus died for us so we can live. That he did die on the cross. So Thursday, Wednesday night, the elders prayed about that. We began, uh, our prayer team began to pray that the kids would hear the truth that Jesus loved them enough to die for them and came back to life. And we can trust him. That even when things are out of control, even when we face death, we don't have to be overwhelmed. 
Uh, what we found this week as the kids began to talk, they already know what death is like. Uh, you can't be alive in 2020 and not realize there's the threat of death. It happens to our animals. It happens to our friends. It can happen to our family members. But we do not have to be overwhelmed or overcome by death because the power that lives in us is the same power that is alive in Jesus. I pray you know that these boys and girls are getting it. It's beautiful when the young people get it, but I also like to see it when it's lived out in older people. Last Thursday, one of the senior saints, one of the legendary leaders of our church, Millie Sells, passed away unexpectedly. I saw her that same day she passed away getting her mail. We're like, Millie's fine. And then she passed away. Death is real. It happens in a moment. Everyone needs to be aware of that. You're like, are you really sure you want to tell VBS people, uh, children about that? They need to know. That's what the good news is about, that even when we die, we don't have to be overwhelmed. It's not the end. It is the beginning of life forever with Jesus if we trust in him. But on Thursday, just hours after Millie passed, many of the family members were over at John's house. And we were trying to do the, the friendly, brotherly, and sisterly Christian thing. We were trying to comfort John. He just lost his wife of 65 years. And a number of people went up to him, and with great intention, they did the right thing. They said, John, it's going to be okay. John, we're here. It's going to be okay. I heard three people say that, and then John, with an amazement of me and gives me great encouragement, John says, guys, it's going to be good because of Jesus. John declared it wasn't just okay, but it is good even as he faces death because his wife is uh, now experiencing eternal life through Jesus. And I want to give God glory for that, that type of confidence. Here's what a lot of people are trying to do right now. And boys and girls, you're not going to be this way either. It's while sometimes we're okay and we can't beat ourselves up about that, God does not want us just to be okay. The world is saying uh, you can just get by. God wants us to really live. Jesus says this, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. Jesus didn't say, I've come to die on the cross so you could get by. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus says, I've come that you may have life extravagantly to the full. That, that word is zoe. He says, I want you to really experience life. But the reality is why, why the good news is so good, because the bad news is also real. If we do not trust Jesus, the theme of the week, the reality is you will just be at best okay. And okay is not good enough. Okay doesn't get you to heaven. God desires perfect relationship with us. And if we have sin in our life, we cannot have a perfect relationship with God. So our sin must be dealt with. And you know who dealt with it? Boys and girls, who took away our sins? Jesus. And we can trust him. Jesus knew, uh, and he fully knew this, he came to earth perfect in every way. He left the, uh, the, the right hand of God and came to earth as a human and took on our sin on the cross. And he was crucified. And he allowed my sin and your sin to be fully on him. And in that moment, he was overcome by sin spiritually. I don't think the, the crucifixion really killed him. I think the reality of being displaced from his father in heaven overwhelmed his heart and his heart burst. It's my opinion. It wasn't the Roman soldiers who overwhelmed him. It was the fact that he was willing to take our sin on. And he did that willingly. The good news is three days later, he came back to life. He had defeated sin and death. And when we trust in him, we can live forever. 
In that, we can have the hope of eternal life. And today, we remember that sacrifice. If you have communion, and I know many of the girl, uh, boy, boys and girls probably do not, but if you receive communion when you came in, we're going to remember that sacrifice now. If you'd prepare your, your bread that represents his broken body in a moment we'll take together, and the juice that represents his shed blood, and there is no forgiveness without a sacrifice, and Jesus is that perfect sacrifice. And when we trust in him, our sins can be removed. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we partake of the bread and the, the juice right now that represents your shed blood, I pray that we would trust you again. More fully than ever, let the, the words of this week sink in, and, and we thank you for this reminder to, to remember. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake the bread together. And let's share in this cup that represents his shed blood. There's a pivotal point of VBS each week, and it's Thursday. There's a pivotal point in today's service. You might be thinking, hey, I've never shared a communion. I didn't even know what that meant until today. I've never trusted in Jesus, and I'm not really okay. That's the first thing you need to realize, that you're not okay without him. And the first thing that the word of God tells us to do to trust in him, the place of trust in him is confess confess. And that doesn't mean you're saying that um, you're confessing yourself to a pastor or a priest. It means with your mouth, you're just saying, I need Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. And if you've never done that, you may, you may very well need it. That's where you need to start today. Declare with your mouth before us in this room or before someone individually. But there's a point in everyone's life where you say, I need Jesus and he's my Lord and Savior. I want him as that. Secondly, the Bible makes it clear that we will repent we realize we're not okay with our sin, and the Bible says we'll, we'll turn from that sin and say we're sorry for it and move towards God. It's 180 degrees. You know what your sin is, what you've been holding on to. The Bible says turn your back on that, say you're sorry, and begin to live for him and say, I want to change. Some of you need to do that. And I would guess there's a few of you in the room that need to do the third thing, that the Bible makes clear when we're trusting him, that you will be immersed, you'll be baptized. The Bible says that when we're baptized in a body of water and we go under the water, we share in his death. In that moment you're under the water, the Bible says you die to your old self. That's why we say we're reborn as Christians. Because when we come up out of the water, we not only share in his death under the water, but we share in his resurrection when we come up to our new life spiritually. And if you've never done that, that invitation is open. I know one young man that made that decision that's going to do that next week at VBS. And I'm so thankful that you made that decision there may be other boys and girls, there may be moms and dads that have never done these things. But we need to trust God's power to live forever. Day five. I need day five some help. Mylon Hustedy is here to share with us. What was your favorite part of day five? Crafts. Crafts. Let's give it up for crafts again. Good job. What was the Bible point? Boys and girls, this is the last one. We need to say it loud. What was the Bible point? Jesus' power helps us be good friends. Trust Jesus. Good job. And our memory verse. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. John 15, 12. Great job, Mylon. Great job. Great job. So here's the reality. Once you become a follower of Jesus, he wants you to be good friends. I really believe this. I'm going to make this simple. One of the best ways to continue to share the good news is to be a good friend. I've never seen a, a successful evangelist or a su successful preacher. Uh, they could be very talented, but if they're not a good friend, they're going to be about this effective. 
I want to challenge you guys to be good friends, not only when you're in elementary school, but right now. Be a good spouse. Be a good mom and dad. Uh, be a good neighbor. The early Christians also devoted themselves to the four things. In Acts chapter 2, it says they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching. That's God's word. They devoted themselves to fellowship. That's being with, that's like doing crafts together, doing the games together. That's praising God together. They, they devoted themselves um, to uh, the breaking of bread that we just shared with in communion, or it could be uh, around a snack. We spend time in that intimate moment. And then it says they devote themselves to prayer. Pray for one another. And if you want to be a big part of God's kingdom, be a good friend. I love what I see at Vacation Bible School because I think it's church. What's interesting, what we do normally at church, if you just come and sit and listen to me and then leave, it's not really much church happening. But what we need to be doing is what happened at Vacation Bible School this week. They, they were devoted to the, the Bible verses. They put them in their hearts. They were devoted to, um, to fellowship, having fun together and being there for each other. They were devoted to breaking of bread. They, they did stuff in community and they shared meals together, whether it's just a snack or whatever. And then they, we, they, they were praying together. And what happens during times like that is the church grows and it expands. Today, I want to encourage you to do those things in life, not just to come to church and sit in a pew, but spend life together, pray for one another, fellowship together, be committed to, to breaking bread together and communion. And another thing the Bible says, and I'm going to go through this pretty quickly, it says the early church... They continued to meet together and they sold their property and possessions and to give to anyone in need. In just a minute, you're going to hear how well they did with their missions offering. They blew us out of the water. I mean, amazing. And we're like, how did they do that? Because on day one, I think they brought in $17. You're going to hear uh, they did exponentially better than that. But you know how they started doing it to a really high level? I think it was two girls on Wednesday decided to do a bake sale. And in their neighborhood, they created a bunch of baked goods and they sold it and they raised a lot of money and the girls took the lead on Wednesday. Remember that girls? Good job. And then some boys said, well, we got to up the ante. We got to do that too. And while they didn't do any baked goods from what I understand, they sold their possessions to people in their neighborhood. I was a little nervous of that at first. Okay. I understand they sold their gummies. They went around, they sold their dad's tools. They sold small TVs. That's not true. But they raised a lot of money as well. I, I was honestly nervous. I was like, what are these boys finding in their house and peddling in their neighborhood? But that's what the early church did. When there's a need, the Bible says we will be generous and share, share our possessions and sell our possessions at times. Guys, this church did not come out of nowhere without sacrificial generosity. We will not move forward in the future unless we follow the examples of the early church Christians and these boys and girls who gave generously of their time and their talents and their treasure. Man, I encourage you to do that. It makes you a good friend. In a little bit, you're going to hear what they gave to, but I'm so proud of them for, for going the extra mile to be generous. I'm going to review these five things, and we're going to say trust Jesus together. We've seen this week that the power of Jesus helps us do hard things. I guess we're going to do them one at a, each one at a time. <laughs> Jesus' power gives us hope. Jesus' power helps us be bold. Jesus' power lets us live forever. And Jesus' power helps us be good friends.
I pray you get that excited as they are. Today, in just a minute, we're going to sing a song that is not a traditional invitation song. Usually we sing a song that is clearly about making a decision to follow Jesus, but we're going to sing a song called the power shuffle. When we sing this, when we sing the power shuffle in just a little bit, if you would like to talk to someone about trusting Jesus, I will be right over here. I think Dee's going to be over here. You might just talk to a friend that comes to church here. Brian's right here. uh, One of our elders, Boyd's over there. Find someone just say, I want to know more about trusting Jesus because the excitement and the, the energy these kids have, I want a part of my life. And here's the thing, you will never be okay without it, but you can be great with it. Amen? Father in heaven, as we continue today, I pray that uh, we as adults and, and moms and dads and friends would see the energy of these kids and know they're trusting in you. Father, I thank you for the, the thing that's been planted in their heart. I pray that it grows in our hearts as well. Um, we just give you all honor and glory for anything and everything that happens through this. In Jesus' name, amen.